Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Hey, before we get started, there's a very special man here of Spanish descent, and his name is Eduardo, and uh, it's his birthday today. Oh, you're yeah, right, like, he's amazing. More, more clapping should take place currently. That's good. Happy birthday, Edward. We still have to go on that mandate, so I'm free pretty much every night. Um, uh, no. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you guys you guys can go. That is awesome. Thank you, team. You're awesome. Hey, so yes, 21 days of breakthrough starting tomorrow. I'm very, very excited. Uh, and today what I want to do is just give you a few tools, um, I guess some really good just keys to be able to step into breakthrough and see it become something that actually becomes an everyday part of life. Um, what I feel coming over this 21 days, I don't, I don't believe this is a 21-day period of a breakthrough. I believe it's a 21-day period of catalyst for a lifestyle of breakthrough. And it's a 21-day period where we begin to experience and learn what breakthrough looks like and how that's meant to be a regular part of everyday life. And, and I think that breakthrough for us, um, whether it's a place where we feel stuck, whether we feel like, man, I've, I've got brokenness here, I've got addiction here, I, I just, I feel like I'm a slave to fear or whatever it is and I need freedom, or whether we're in a place where we feel like we've got some really good things going on, but we know that God is calling us forward and we don't know how to step into that next season, whether you're breaking out of something or into something, I believe that breakthrough for us is actually way more of a big deal than it was for Jesus. I actually don't believe that breakthrough was a very big issue for Jesus when Jesus was on the planet and He was walking around. And I don't think that He had moments where He would go to do something and then it was just this like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Oh my gosh, I got a breakthrough. I'm going to ride that testimony for the next six months and then until it kind of fades off and I get stuck again. And like, this is sort of the way that I've done my life, but I don't believe this is the way that Jesus did His life. I don't believe that Jesus really had these big moments of breakthrough I think that he looked as breakthrough and I call it breakthrough and he called it walking. You know, and, and like for him, it was just going about things and he wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to resist the gravitational pull of the earth and I'm going to break through that resistance and I'm going to plant my foot and look, behold everybody, I have done it and I'm going to pause for a while, recollect and just get comfortable in this space until the space novelty wears off and now my left is going to follow the magnitude of my right and wow, breakthrough is taking place. Like he just did life. However, when my kids were little and they did take a step, it was a big deal. When they were learning to walk, it was a big deal. And it was hard until they did it over and over and over and it became a normal way of living. So this is what I'm believing for us um, as a church and us as individuals who make up the church. You are the church. I believe this for you and I believe this for us is that this is a 21-day period of learning how to put right leg, then left leg, then right leg, then left leg, and then eventually we're going to be running and that's what normal Christian life will look like. 
Breakthrough is where faith and favour combine in the reality of living as a son or daughter of God. Breakthrough is where faith and favour combine in the reality of living as a son or daughter of God. Faith you have is a gift of God and grace is the unmerited favour of God. So you have both ingredients that you need to live a lifestyle of breakthrough. And this morning, I want to teach you a little bit how to take those ingredients, pop them in the oven and bake something with them. I love breakthrough. When I was, I've shared this story a few weeks ago with our youth and young adults, but hopefully most of you won't have heard this. Otherwise, it's a little bit too repetitive, but that's all right. When I was about 15 years old, I mean, I just honestly, I love breakthrough. When I'm experiencing that this morning, all my cows had breakthrough and they were running down the road, not in the same direction. They're like, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to go this way. And one of them was like, I've got big horns, so I'll just stand still. And I was like, oh Lord, the irony of breakthrough. They didn't break through one fence, they broke through multiple fences. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, when I was younger, I woke up one day, sat up in bed, was 15 years old, opened my mouth, involuntarily began to speak. People think this is how I live everyday life, these words involuntarily. Normally, they're pre-planned and then said and then sometimes regretted. But this time, I just opened my mouth and I went, oh, Deutschlagen. And I was like, what the heck was that? Deutschlagen. I said, Deutschlagen? What is that? And I thought, well, I'm, I grew up with a, in a bit of a Dutch family. I thought maybe when I was a kid, I heard my opa um, say this word and it's been locked in my brain. And as I've, I've slept, my brain's had a wee uh, brain vomit and I've blah, blah, and I've said a word and I, I know Dutch. This is amazing. So I went to my opa and I was like, opa, what does Deutschlagen mean? He goes, Deutschlagen doesn't mean anything. He's like, lager's like a beer. Maybe it's some type of beer. Have you been drinking? What are you on about, old man? Come on, Opa. And so I was like, man, this is before the time of Google, pretty much. You know, you're... So I wasn't going to internet this thing. And so whenever I met someone from a different country, I'd just go to them and say, hey, do you know what Deutschlagen means? This one time I met people, they were foreigners. They were from a land called England. This was a big deal to me. Hello, English people. And I said, where are you from? And they said, Surrey. And I said, where are you from? And they said, Surrey. And I said, where are you from? And they said, we're from a place called Sorry. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not talking to you. You're confusing me. So embarrassing later on when I found out that Surrey is pronounced Sorry if you've got the right English accent and embarrassment forever. So I kept asking all these people until finally after about two years, I met some Germans and we were on the West Coast. And I said to these Germans, do you know what the word Deutschlagen means? And they're a brother and sister and we're in this big cabin with a big wooden pillar in the middle holding up the roof and they go, yeah, we know. We know what it means. And I was like, awesome, what does it mean? And they go, mm, it's a bit hard to translate. And I'm like, are you for cereals right now? Like two years I've been asking people. Nearly all of them spoke different forms of English. And finally you're telling me, tell me what it means. They're like, mm, it's a bit tricky. And I'm like, oh my goodness, people. If you want to leave the West Coast alive right now, tell me what this word means. And there's this wooden pillar in the room and the girl goes, ah, it means to push and then to through the other side. It means to punch and then to break through. And the brother goes, yeah, yeah, means breakthrough. And I was like, oh my gosh. God loves breakthrough and He loves the German language and He loves messing with teenagers' minds. And so I was like, I'll become a youth pastor and mess with their minds too. <laughs> so it is an amazing thing, the spirit of breakthrough in God. He absolutely loves seeing His kids walking and seeing them call walking breakthrough. He thinks it's awesome. 
So I want to tell you this weird story because sometimes we can do life, we've got like all the boxes ticked, but for some reason we're not living breakthrough. And so this one time I went hunting, I like to talk about hunting and Bill Johnson talks about hunting, so I'm allowed to talk about hunting. And I went hunting, I got to this mountain, I'm like, I am going to walk up that mountain. And so I began to persevere and I became faithful with the altitude and the gradient of the mountain. There are points where it was like three points of contact needed to be able to get up. It was that steep. So I'm on my hands and knees, sweating with my pack and my gun, climbing up the mountain. I'm being faithful. And so often as Christians, we're just, we're faithful in the journey and we don't quit and we, we just toughen up when the hard years are coming and we just get it done. And so I'm faithful and then I get to the top and I position myself well. I find the best spot to hunker down as a sniper. And so I lay in this spot, I'm all positioned and you know, we position ourselves, we've got the right friends around us, we've got the right church, we've got the right information flowing around us. And then I waited and I was patient for timing. I let the sun drop down and began to call the animal out of the bush. And so patience came. I called the animal out of the bush. And now was my moment for victory where breakthrough was going to take place. And I took aim, squeezed the trigger and I went, click. And they're all like, what was that sound? And I'm like, what was that sound? You, you, we can often do all the right things. But if we don't understand the principles of breakthrough, we end up being a Muppet hunter on the mountainside with an unloaded gun, thinking he's about to bring home the dinner. So the title of my message this morning is called, Just Load the Gun. Just Load the Gun. Because if you do all the other stuff, but you don't get the benefit, that's when Christianity just looks boring. That's when Christianity stops being fun. That's when it stops having the thrill. That's when it stops having the rush. And so this morning, I want to give you a few different keys for how to load the gun, how to live a lifestyle of freedom, because freedom is the birthright of Jesus. So the first thing for breakthrough, I want to paint a few pictures of what breakthrough looks like and then how we do it. So the first one is breakthrough is simply stepping into God's promises regardless of what's in the way. You know, and if you've ever made comments like this before, I, I wish this wasn't in my life. If I only didn't have this struggle, I'm so afraid that this could happen. Or maybe you've made comments along the lines of, one day I might be able to do, or man, I would love to be able to do that. Wouldn't it be so awesome to have the confidence to be able to? Oh, I could never do what they do. I so admire people who do this, but I don't think that could ever be me. I'm really passionate about this, but I've never really ever seen it happen. If I could do anything for God with my life, I would do. These are all statements that give you an indication that you've got a hunger to experience breakthrough. In in my life, I've sometimes gone through Christianity with an unloaded gun because I've either been spiritually lazy, I've been intimidated and had fear, or I've just been completely ignorant about what I could be experiencing. And so it's, I, I look back at times where I was like spiritually lazy and go, man, I, if I had just partnered myself with what Jesus was doing and I put some more effort into pursuing intimacy with Him, I would have got breakthrough as a byproduct. Yeah. 
You know, it just would have happened. I just would have got caught up in his momentum. I would have just got taken for a ride. But I just was too easy to get home and watch television and just let my brain flick off. And at the end of the week, there's been no legacy or intimacy released into my spirit. I've been entertained, but I haven't been renewed. And there's times where there's been timidity around me. I've been so afraid of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I've looked at that instead of looking at who he is. And I've allowed timidity to take my focus because I've taken my eyes off who he is. And then other times I've been ignorant. And, And in this day and age, I just feel like for me, I don't feel like there's an excuse to be ignorant. All it takes is like getting a book. Or getting an audio version of a book. Or hitting YouTube and, and, and begin typing things in. Or finding someone that you know who knows something and then being vulnerable with your life. If you want to get a good book for breakthrough, get this book, Jensen Franklin on Fasting. I've read five chapters and then my brain was full. <laughs> you only have to read this thing for 20 minutes and you've got to have enough to think on for the rest of your life. Um, and if you don't like reading, then this is good because you don't have to read the whole book. It's awesome. In Breakthrough, it's like we're looking at what God is calling us into, whether it's calling us out of something into restoration, into freedom, or whether He's calling us from glory to glory. And it's like we stand here and He's got a promise on over there, but between there and here is there, there's a wall. And we're looking at this wall and we're going, oh, I don't know if I want to put the effort in to go through that wall. I don't know if I've got the skills to go through that wall. I don't know if I attempt to go through that wall, if I'm going to succeed or if I'm going to fail. And I don't know if I want to step out and try doing this. And and I've tried things before and it hasn't always worked. And, And the Father is so in love with you and so determined to see you succeed that this is what it looks like to Him. He stands next to you as a loving Father going, hey, we should go through that wall. We should go through the wall. How about I scoop you up and I'll run at the wall like this and you can come for the ride through the wall. And then because he's like omnipresent, he's everywhere. He's like over here looking at the wall and he's got like his builder's hat on. He's going, yep, looks like a pretty flimsy wall. I don't, see God, I, I don't think this wall is going to take much. I think if we look at the wall for long enough, the wall will probably fall down. And then, he, then he's on the other side of the wall going, hey guys, come here. Check out what life looks like on this side of the wall. He's like, let's, let's go through the wall. Breakthrough is a partnership where we step into His power to see our impossibility turn into His easy. It's as much of a warfare type of living as it is a loving father calling their children forward. As you keep your eyes on the Father and as you do this through praying, as you do this through fasting, as you do this through worship, you, you, you begin to get captivated by Him and, and he just, He's going like the Holy Spirit's a wind because He's always moving. And as you, you watch Him and as you want to be close to Him, you just end up following where He's going and you, it's like you just can begin to walk through things that you hadn't walked before because you're so focused on the One who's calling you forward. And that's one aspect of it, whereas 
It's this loving intimacy calling you forward. The other aspect is it is an element of a warfare where you go, man, I know God is calling me and I know this is what He's saying. He said it in His Word or He said it in, his, in my spirit or somehow I've caught something that He has, but everything in my reality is telling me that that is wrong. But I am determined to listen to what He is saying and I'm going to shut down the voice of fear and I'm going to stand on His promises regardless of what is happening to me. I will pursue His call over my life regardless of what is happening. And there's a standing up in you going, I know who He is and I know who I am and I won't be robbed from what He will give to me regardless of what the devil is doing. And that is that spirit of warfare that needs to rise up in you as you go through breakthrough that I will have what He has for me. Paul says, I press on to take a hold of that which Christ took a hold of me for. He says, I don't say that I've attained all these things. I don't say that I've arrived at all these things. But I refuse to look back and I put my eyes ahead to the goal and I keep pursuing what He's put in front of me. Giving, prayer and fasting and praise together, they actually form together to make a phenomenal bullet. If you want to have a loaded gun, then it's time to start forging your own bullets. Because you, you can hear the testimony and breakthrough of somebody else's life and, and that will inspire you, but it's meant to inspire you to start forging your own ammunition. Uh, a, a while ago I was at church and, and I was about to start a fast because I, I had some things in my life this year that I needed breakthrough and one of them was finances. And so I, I thought, well, I'll fast. I, I didn't want to fast, but God told me to dream to fast and I didn't really like the dream. So then I went to see a friend and he opened the door and before I'd really said much, he goes, do you fast? I love fasting. Fasting's amazing. Fasting's changing my life. Have you heard of Lou Ingalls preach? I'm gonna send you a link of Lou Ingalls. He preaches on fasting. I hadn't even got through the door. I'm like, my gosh, Lord. Okay, so I'll fast. So I started fasting. I thought, I'll fast for a day and a half. Because for me, that's a lifetime. And so I didn't eat for a day and a half. And I'm sitting in my spa being super spiritual, going, God, I need your help with my money. He goes, no, you don't. You need my help with bigger issues. Wow, do I? What are these bigger issues, Lord? He goes, well, the big issue is that you've lost the cry of my heart and your heart. And I was like, well, that escalated things very quickly. I just want more money. <laughs> He's like, I want you to carry my cry. And I'm like, I feel like crying. <laughs> Will I get money at the end of this? <laughs> what do I need to do, Lord? He goes, you need to fast more. And I was like, we shouldn't talk. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'll fast more. So then I do a five-day, like eat for a little bit because I, I got to recover. So then I do a five-day fast. And oh my gosh, I almost died a thousand times. Did this five-day fast. I keep falling over. I'm like, I'm useless when I'm sick and I'm just like so often not a top machine, okay? And so I'm fasting and every aspect of my life is like, God, I want you to do something, but all I want to do is eat. Got to the end of the five-day fast and there's no angels, there's no glory, there's no thunder. There's God saying, that was really cool. You should do that again, but for 20 days. Mm. But I had a little bit of time beforehand, so I went to a buffet restaurant because I had to bulk back up. There's a Brazilian one, they just keep bringing food out all the time. This weird thing, red means I'm full, green means I'm hungry. I'm like, why do we need this? This is the devil. Clearly, I am hungry. Have you not seen this? And so I start fasting, and as I'm fasting, I'm like, God, I need you to do some things. And this is amazing. God began to reveal phenomenal things to me as I fasted. 
And, and like I was losing nearly a kilo a day and people were like, why are you so skinny? I'm like, because skinny is awesome. Pick that up. You used to pick that up. I can't pick that up anymore because your body decides I'll get rid of all my muscles before my fat. Well, keep the fat. That was what makes men look sexy. So I start fasting and then about day three or day four, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit like comes into my room. And then He begins to show me all these different prophetic words and dreams that I've had over like the last 18 months. Because you've been looking at all these dreams as isolated incidences and it's like I just got lifted up, but kind of what it felt like, but also not really. This is just like Jared brain. And uh, it was like a giant dot-to-dot picture of all these different prophetic words and dreams that I'd had. And, it, and they formed one whole picture. And goes, this is where you're living. This is what I've called you to. And these are the truths and the revelations that will take you from where you're living into my promise. If you want to receive breakthrough, then what you're actually asking for is, God, show me what your truth looks like in my situation and I'll step and partner with truth. Breakthrough is simply discovering what truth is and then taking a hold of it. It's not a complicated thing. The challenge is finding the truth. Because the truth is what will set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and His life is pushed down, shaken together, overflowing. His truth is abundant, but somehow, sometimes we seem to be blinded to the absolute obvious. But fasting is a key, giving is a key, prayer and praise is a key that begin to unlock His truth to you. They begin to take a hold of things that were always in front of you. Jesus would say things like, if you've got eyes to see, then see. If you've got ears to hear, then listen. People would hear it and not hear it because they hadn't positioned their spirit to be able to receive the accent of heaven. But giving prayer and fasting and praise together begin to form a phenomenal bullet that you can wrap truth around and then set it loose, loose, free in your life. Jensen Franklin says this in his book. During the years that Jesus walked the earth, he devoted time to teaching his disciples the principles of the kingdom of God, principles that conflict with those of the world. And the Beatitudes, specifically Matthew 6, Jesus provides a pattern by which each of us is to live as a child of God. The pattern addresses three specific duties of a Christian, giving, praying, and fasting. Jesus said, when you give, and when you pray, and when you fast, He made it clear that fasting like giving and praying was to be a normal part of a Christian's life. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. This is Jensen talking now, no longer Jesus. As David stated in Psalms 42, deep calls into deep. David was fasting in this time. His hunger and thirst of God was greater than his natural desire for food. As a result, he reached a place where he could cry out from the depths of his spirit to the depths of God, even in the midst of trial. Once you've experienced even a glimpse of that kind of intimacy with our God, our Father, the holy creator of the universe and the countless rewards and blessings that follow, your whole perspective will change. You will realise that fasting is the secret secret source of power that is overlooked by many. See, God's wanting to call us into a normal lifestyle. I'd never noticed that Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Like, I've always loved giving. Like, I love being generous. I, I love being generous. And I love praying. But there was something for me that I was going to receive, and I was only going to be able to get it 
through fasting because that's what God asked me to do. I'm not telling everybody here in the next 21 days that you shall all start fasting. If you do, it's really helpful for your grocery bill, which then can actually help you give. And then you don't have to pray so much because you're not saying grace and then you can pray about other things. All work in your favour. But what I did is I became so dissatisfied with where my life was at because my life had begun to be predictable. I remember saying to Ra, I can, I can predict where my life is going to go, not because I'm prophetic, because it's obvious. The last few years, I've grown a little bit more in responsibility and authority and spiritual weight, and I'm just incrementally taking one step forward. There seems to be no expansion, no great multiplication around what I'm doing. And I'm dissatisfied with the fact that I know that in the years down the track, I'm going to look back in my life and because of our marriage, because of our kids are at, the way things are going, in about 15 years, we're going to be mortgage-free. Our first child will be getting married and I'm going to be part of a good church and all these things are good, but I'm going to look at them and say that it was nice that Jesus helped me with my life rather than saying, oh my goodness, how was this possible? Only because of the power of Jesus am I now where I am today. I want to look back in my life and be like, that was unexpected. How did I arrive at such a place as this? Only by the goodness and the grace of the Creator of the universe who stoops down to make us great. Am I living a life that is seeing His kingdom come in a way that I never dreamed of and I became so dissatisfied with the mundane and the predictability of a good life that wasn't going from glory to glory. It was going from glory to glitter. And I was like, my gosh, God, I will do anything to see change come in my life because I know you've got so much more. I just want to... Oh, thanks, Debbie. You're my friend. And so as I began fasting, I wanted to quit all the time. All the time. Because every time I would look at food, I'd be like, man, that food looks so good. By the way, it was really nice. Jesus got to tell me through another person on halfway through day 16, which happened to be my birthday, that... I'd accomplished what he wanted and I can now break my fast. So I went home that night and I ate watermelon and held back tears in a very manly way. (laughs) You laugh, but on day nine, I started eating ice because my mouth missed things to chew. I had ice and then I had water and two or three times to be crazy, I had bubbled water. (laughs) And the Lord said, it was good. But because I wanted to quit, I had to have a why. Why am I going for breakthrough? If God is on the other side of whatever is in front of me with a gift for me, I need to know what it is because that is my motivation to continue to sacrifice, to take a hold of what He has for me. If I'm going to pick up my cross and follow Him, I want to know what glory is going to look like at the end of this journey. And so God, I was like, what have you got for me? And began to write them down, the why that I was fasting, the why that I was contending for breakthrough. The first why was Jesus told me to light it up. Had a picture of him with me on a battlefield and huge bullets flying out of a gun. I was like, that looks pretty cool. The other why was because he called me to be wild. Because he wanted me to partner with the mantle that he was wanting to release to me. Because I wanted to stand with Glenn and Deb as my senior pastors. Because I believed that he wanted to take my marriage to another level. Because he wanted to release promises and favour over my finances that would line up with his word that I would lack no good thing. That I wanted to see finances break through and over land and finances at Thrive. I wanted to draw deeper into God to discover the secrets and mysteries of Him that I could reveal them to church. 
I want at the end understand who He is and who He is to me at a deeper level. I wanted to grow in faith and confidence through the spirit of revelation. I wanted to give Him and His call everything I have in my life. I wanted to step into and be proactive with fulfilling the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life. I wanted to build with Him the foundation of the next stage of ministry that He was calling me into. And I wanted to be obedient simply to the fact that He asked me to fast. When you're looking at a cheeseburger at $3.50 and then you're looking at these things, it's a no-brainer what you want to do. When whatever it is that God is calling you into and you're feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do this, begin to look at what He has for you. And then every time intimidation or challenge comes, because intimidation and challenge always comes. Like the one thing that I could probably guarantee you is that at some point in your journey, when you go for what God has for you, the devil won't want you to have it. And you need to be able to realise that God is huge, the devil is tiny, the reward is massive, and the cost is small. And you've got to have these things in the right balance to keep on going. I'm going to wrap up with one really fun story of breakthrough. If the band could get ready to come up, that'd be awesome. A while ago, I was here at church and I began prophesying over a young person. Um, They're an awesome Christian and they've got a great relationship with Jesus. And I began to prophesy and declare God's truth over them. Truth that brings freedom because it's the spirit of truth that will be the catalyst for breakthrough in your life. And I began to speak this truth over them. And as I began to speak this truth over them, there were some demonic principalities that really hated the truth. And all of a sudden, this person kind of drops down on the ground and begins growling and barking like a dog. And I was like, Oh, that escalated. I was actually about to go home. I'd already left youth group because it had finished, had McDonald's and come back because I wanted to celebrate this young person. So I took them to McDonald's and brought them back. I was like, hey, um, they said, actually, you gave me a word earlier tonight. I didn't write it down. Could you give it to me again? So I gave them the truth again. The truth got repeated. Sometimes you've got to take a hold of the truth and you begin to just layer it on yourself over and over. I gave them the truth and I gave it again. And as I gave it again, this demon began to freak out because it hated the truth and it began screaming. And as I began to prophesy and declare Jesus' love and freedom and deliverance over this person, this demon begins going, nah, I hate it, stop, it hurts. You're hurting me, you're hurting me, stop. I was like, demon, I'm not gonna stop, you can just leave. And they're like, I'm not leaving, I'm staying. And I'm like, well, no, you're leaving. We're not having a conversation about this. And then, and then the demon would go. I'm going to, this is a fairly supernatural story. There were, there were multiple demons. But, but God's truth was going to bring one freedom to the whole place. And so I began speaking and began declaring more freedom and more of Jesus' truth and more of His promise and more of His favour and more of His goodness. And demons began freaking out. They began screaming, stop, stop, stop. And this goes on for a while. Normally deliverance is pretty quick. And after about 15, 20 minutes, I go and get Mitch. I'm like, Mitch, you should come help me with this because I knew the person well. And I was like, this is an opportunity where we can experiment a little bit. <laughs> what, what, what would happen if we do this? And so we did this and we're like, whoa, that demon left real fast. Oh, there's another one. And I think Mitch was like, what do you think would happen if we put a Bible on the person? I'm like, let's find out. She put a Bible on the body. like, ah! And I'm like, wow, the Word of God is powerful and alive and effective to bring truth and freedom to a generation. This is awesome. Then I'm like, God, you give me a spirit of truth. wonder what happens, God, if I take your spirit of truth, your, your spirit, I imaginarily stab the demon. So I go, eh, 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 
And, and they go, ow, 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 ow. And I go, oh, God, I need two swords because I have two hands. So they go, and this guy's going, ow, 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 like this. And this is going on. And then finally the demon leaves. And I'm like, whew, this has been about half an hour. I don't know how many demons have left. And so I'm like, wow, I need a drink of water. I go to leave the room. I'm leaving the room. And the demon goes, you think that I've left, but I haven't. And I was like, you're right, I did. You're the dumbest demon. See, like, God is so clever. Satan is not so clever. If he was so clever, he would have stayed an angel. The walls that are in front of us are not big walls to God. They're just left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. That's not hard. He sees the children who are the armies of the living of God simply advancing left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, walking through season of breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough because they know how to pray. They know how to be disciplined. They know how to worship. They know how to praise God in good times and bad, declaring His truth and altering the realities around them. And they know how to fast, setting aside the desires of their life to seek the desires of the King that they may take a hold of truth and freedom and load the gun for their life, take aim, take shots, take another hill and go again. So I begin to, to look at this person, my like, God, this is taking ages. And he gives me a revelation of pain and hurt and trauma that have taken place in the young man's life. And I begin to say, Jesus has shown me that this is what's happened and He wants to heal you in this area. He has got freedom and healing for you in this trauma. And the demon screamed out, oh no, you found it. Truth brings freedom. The demon instantly left. The atmosphere of the room that felt like putrid instantly shifted, like felt like oil of peace just flooded. And the young man's countenance simply changed. His face went back to normal. It had been twisted and it had been distorted for three quarters of an hour. And I went back to normal and he began bawling his eyes out. And I sat down and I, I held him. I cradled his head on my lap and I just began to release peace and healing over him. And he bawled his eyes out as the healing grace of Jesus took all the sepicness of trauma, all the brokenness of hurt and rejection and all the fear that had opened gateways and had caused blockages. And in an instant, truth released freedom and Freedom is part of who Jesus is. Truth is who Jesus is. And He is a great physician and He began to release healing. And a young person's life began to become whole because truth had entered their world and breakthrough took place. And the demonic has to give way to who Jesus is because He has all authority and they have no authority. And as you pursue breakthrough, I want to encourage you, let it be the catalyst for the standard of living that you want to live for the rest of your life. It's not a 21-day period where we get a breakthrough. It's where we learn to walk left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. I want to encourage you over the rest of this day, Jesus, what would left foot, right foot look like to me? How do I need to position myself to take a hold of your truth? Awesome. Would you please stand? Just put your hands on your heart. Jesus, right now, I just release your peace and your favour and the revelation of who you are, that you are the God who fills all things, knows all things and is for us in all things. And we just take a hold of the truth right now, that you are the King of kings and you have ordered our life, you order our footsteps, you've gone before us to make a way and you are calling us to rise as sons and daughters, living out a normal life captivated by the never-ending love of the perfect Father. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, 
visit thrivechurch.co.nz.